Welcome, it's SV Pod. My guy, Stanford Steve, set up in the uh, Stanford Steve Estates, adjacent to the Fall Road, Falls Road Golf Course. Shout out to Falls Road again. We got They're out weird. there today. They're out there, there today. That's I just got back from the park, and it's windy. Conditions aren't great, and those maniacs are out there hitting a little white ball. Yeah, I got a tweet from somebody at Falls Road. They're just very excited we're talking about them. It's All right, public, I'll be over for a couple beers this weekend, Falls it's, Road. It's a public golf course here in Montgomery County near near where Steve lives, and, and the people – there's no snow on the ground here, and so people are out playing. You got shots up today? How many did you make? We got shots wait, up. Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Over, and Steve shoots Rough 100 free conditions. Okay, Steve shoots 100 free throws a day. He makes fun of people that are out there playing golf. He goes and shoots on a chain basket. I need to get outside. Let's just put it that way. All right. The fact that you said it's um, rough conditions, that means means the number starts with a six today. That means you made 65. No, 72. Ooh. So you're baseline. You're baseline. We keep – I I texted you last week. We keep tinkering with the release (laughs) because we have to adjust to the elements like – the ball has to be higher with the wind because, yep. I mean, I'll tell you, this is one thing I was thinking about. <laughs> you want to, like, I'm out there by myself. It's 30-something degrees out. Wind's blowing. And I'll tell you, a real helpless feeling is when you see the net blowing in the wind. Yeah. It's really, really intimidating. Really youngst- intimidating. Youngsters out there listening to the pod, I want you to just – I want you to really think about this conversation. This guy – talking was a five-star high school recruit an all-american athlete his last game he played in in his career was the rose bowl and this is what he is reduced to shooting a hundred free throws on a 30 degree windy day in the winter that's all he has left And, and and right now you're like you're washed and he is and i'm more washed than him but here's the thing someday you will be washed too Okay, so there's a there's a little pick me up. Yeah, there's a little there's a little pick me up to get the podcast started. Thinking about how washed we all are. Mm. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game winning shot live and in person. And the best part: each transaction is a step towards a free eleventh ticket with Vivid Seats Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Also want to let you know of a new podcast, First Take, Her Take. Give that a listen and subscribe to that, along with SV Pod, wherever you get your podcast. Super Bowl 55, giddy, giddy up. We've got Mahomes and Brady. you got Kansas City, Tampa Bay, first ever home team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's not going to feel the same because it's not really home, home. There'll be some fans there, but it's not what it would be otherwise. Mm. It's a rematch of a game where, where Tyreek Hill, I think, had 700 receiving yards in the first quarter. They just torched that Buccaneer uh, secondary. What's my guy 24? Carlton Davis, right? Um, really good corner. Loves to talk some junk. Michael Thomas didn't have a catch against him. Uh, Tyreek Hill lit him up like a Christmas tree. Um, not just him. That whole that whole Buccaneer secondary got worth. 15 the targets in that close. game. 15 I, targets. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? I, I think, and you know better just having lived it, but like the whole... Like, I think offensive coordinators, 
I think you get too tricky. Like I think you 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 got you spend all week long and you try to figure out all these plays. Like that just felt like a game where it's like playing Madden or playing NCAA 14, where you just like, all right, they can't stop this play. We're running this play again. Why try to be smart? Why try to be more clever than we need to be? Just throw it to 10, right? That's what they did all that whole game. No doubt. No doubt. Um, it's looking back at the last game. I remember that, you know, they obviously jumped out on them and Kansas City did some things. I've seen some demonstrations. Uh, telestrations on you know how Mahomes did it with his eyes and what Tampa was trying to do defensively um listen I couldn't have been more wrong in the conference championship games because I thought the teams that lost the previous game they were both rematches as is this one as you mentioned I thought they would get something out of it I thought the the Packer game was just based on turnovers in the first time with Tampa and they would play better play better they didn't and I thought Buffalo being able to see that Kansas City offense and, and knowing what they could expect the next time and having Milano back, I thought that would help them, knowing how good McDermott is. And they – I mean, I thought they would do something to take away Kelsey, try and double him. He went off in the first half. He set the, the, the tempo Nine there. Catches. So. Nine first-half catches. So oh, this boy. is yeah. this is interesting. I, I do like um, the idea of how well – Tampa's pass rushing uh, has been JPP, Shaq Bear have been tremendous. Vita Vea, I mean, he's a he's a a difference maker, man. That That guy's an animal in the middle. You're not dealing with him and um, your favorite player on their defense. Oh, 45 is is incredible. Um, I will say Todd Bowles. Like this, this is why I lean Tampa right now. Is with Vita Vea back, that guy could just occupy blockers. And Bulls could get really creative. Let's face, we all know he likes to blitz. He's going to come at him. And I think, you know, Heron Romo do the games. I think he's right. Like the way Cleveland did it, you can't let him sit back there and just sit back there and sit back there. You can't cover these guys. So I think the idea to get, make him get rid of it. And on the other side, I really think the under, the unsung heroes of this playoffs uh, have been the Tampa Bay offensive line. You go back to the Washington game, they were tremendous. They ran all over them. Washington never had a chance defensively in that game. Uh, you know, I know Heineke was the story coming out, but when you go back and watch that Tampa Bay's offensive line, same thing against New Orleans, who might have, you know, the best front seven uh, there is. And now here comes Kansas City. So I feel like if Tampa's got to win the game, they got to throw it. Um, and you got to like your your what you've seen from them being able to protect Brady to give him time. But you don't see it. Well, if, if Tampa Bay is going to win, they need Devin White, as great as he is, to come out on a horse, horseback. He <laughs> likes riding around on horses. But let him patrol the middle on a big-ass steed, some kind of Clydesdale clomping around. I don't know. Like, here's the thing about it. Last week when we were here, I said that Rodgers was in the Matrix, and I just didn't see him losing. And in yep. retrospect, that was just a, that was such a Mark Sucker square-ass position to take. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, the Buccaneers – that game is is really really interesting to to, to dissect. I don't want. I mean, it's we're Wednesday as we tape this. I don't mm-hmm. want to bore people with the de- details because everybody in the podcast space has done some version of this. But I just I think what becomes really easy, and you you brought this point up um, in the uh, in our show meeting the other day, and it's so true. Like Brady gets credit for the win. All right, he was awesome in the first half. Like legitimately unreal. Awesome. And it's you put it out on our show meeting like that first third down pass to Evans. If you're the Packers, you got to be like, oh, this is what we're doing today. (laughs) And they they go right down the field. They score. He's great. 
Second half, Brady on three consecutive possessions throws it to Green Bay. He was bad in the second half. And you're allowed to say that he was bad because he was bad. Mm -hmm. But he gets the win. But why does he get the win? Well, he gets the win in part because they were super aggressive before the half, and they get Miller on a touchdown pass where it looked like they were going to punt, then they didn't. And how that happens, nobody knows. And then the Buccaneers' defense gets back-to-back three and outs against the presumed MVP because they got pressure, in part because Green Bay's O-line's missing Bakhtiari, and that, that Buccaneer front is playing at a really high level. And so there's all of these nuanced things. And then it comes down to in the end to everybody wants to kill LaFleur for kicking a field goal. And the biggest issue I have with it is that your quarterback has to know in his mind on third down that this is our last down. But he didn't. And you can do that screen grab thing where you're like, well, he would have scored because look at all this open space. He might have. I'm not saying he wouldn't have. But I'm telling you, he might have done something different if he knew in his brain we're kicking a field goal if we don't get this completion, if we don't convert, rather. So, like, in totality, there's so many things that come out of that game that could have changed it. And Tampa was a worthy winner. But the thing about the second game that kind of bums me out is even up 9 nothing. I just never considered Buffalo had a chance. And that, it's not a problem for the NFL per se, but this this Chiefs team, there's a, there's a like they were bored, it seemed, during the regular season. They let teams hang around and, and they were winning games, but they were close because maybe they're just like, eh, we got this gear you don't have. But man, they feel like just such a, such a foregone conclusion that they're going to win because they got Mahomes and you don't. And you can't get them off the field. And it's like, oh, Kelsey's open? Okay, no, not this time. Tyreek's open? No, not this time. Oh, Miko, the guy that fumbled the ball. We'll we'll just – we'll pitch it to him. We'll let him make plays. We'll underhand toss. Like, it's not a bad thing that they're great. I just think that there's – there's almost like Bama in college football that there could be a fatigue that it's – it's just hard. I don't know how you beat them. Having said all that, I will have Tampa Bay the Super Bowl. No doubt. Because it's the only thing in my brain I can figure out to do. Because everyone loves the Chiefs. And I'll just talk myself into Tampa Bay because partly Brady and figuring out some things on offense and part of that defense. And plus, I'm just an underdog player. I have been forever. But I'm going to do it holding my nose just like every time I go against Alabama going, well, this is going to suck in the fourth quarter when they've got a lead because it just feels like they always do. Do you, do you, do you have that same sentiment about not – I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that I the, – the, the, the inevitability of them takes the drama out of a lot of these games. No doubt. Uh, you know, you just – you sit back and think, all right, well, how are they going to do it? And then the Hardman story happens. Like I saw somebody say, oh, the Chiefs are so good. Hardman spotted him six. The Bills couldn't make the extra point, and then he gave him seven on the long uh, – on the touchdown. So it's – to me, I'm with you. It's it's Tampa. I'll have them. Um, and I've talked about, you know, you touched on the wins thing. There's a hell of a lot of good players on that Tampa roster, man. And the idea that they have, I'm sure Tom's going to tell them, you know, what this is like. I haven't looked at, you know, the Super Bowl experience, what the what the Buccaneers have. Um, I'm off the top of my head. I can't think of many guys on that roster that have played in the Super Bowl um, besides him. Uh, I'm sure somebody will correct us. Obviously, Kansas City played last year. But this is this is this is different, man. The crowd, the aspect. Um, 
you know Brady and Arians are smart enough to to come up with a game plan of how how are they going to do it. You know they're smart enough to realize what they have to do, knowing what Kansas City is capable offensively. And that's what I think is, as far as a scheme matchup, you know Tampa is going to be, be ready in that instance. Whereas I think McDermott, you know, he said it, you know, they're in a different level than us. And it's really different. Obviously, kicking field goals. We we have we have an elaborate cable package. We saw the game, coach. We, <laughs> we're 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 clued into the difference that there is there. But you know, everybody, you know, the Lafleur, the field goals, McDermott kicking field goals. Like, it's 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 one thing to say it all the time, and then there's one thing to to actually be in that situation and do it. And he did it twice. And I'll guarantee it's a learning experience. Like, it sucks that it was the AFC title game, but now that guy knows. He knows for sure what it's going to be capable of. I also think, um, as good as Josh Allen was, and that's why another factor I have is is the trust factor with him. You cannot take – and I know the last one was when the game was over. You can't take 25-yard losses in in games, in NFL games. Not even playoff games, not even games that are going to go to the Super Bowl. You can't do that. He's got to get rid of it. And I'm sure he was was awesome after the game. I thought he was great on on taking accountability. And it is. It's a learning experience, and it just sucks because the Chiefs, yes, they are that good. And that's why I said on SportsCenter, as gutting as – and you and I disagree here, and that's fine. As gutting as the loss was for Green Bay, I'd rather be a Green Bay fan after this weekend's game than a Buffalo fan because as big a step forward as Allen took and that whole Buffalo team, giant steps forward, AFC East champions, win some, win some playoff games, win tough playoff games, right? Where, where it wasn't like it was. It wasn't easy, man. wasn't easy, mm-hmm. but they, they figured it out. And you get to that spot where it's like, okay, so this is what it takes. The thing that would be so debilitating mentally is your quarterback's 24. Yeah, he's making some steps. That's cool. <laughs> Mahomes, Mahomes is 25. Yeah. Mahomes is 25. Where's he going? Like, you, you're going to have to deal with that pain in the ass on your side of the draw for the next 15 years, man. And that's a tough answer or riddle to solve if for everybody in the AFC. So, I'm, you know, I, and look, but the Bills fans – we praised you guys last week for how awesome you guys are, not the diving on tables and being hammered and all the rest, but for all the philanthropy and all the stuff you do. And you support your guys and you believe in you guys. I'm not trying to tell you you guys that all is lost. I'm just saying I would have a hard time convincing myself that that we're ever going to figure out how to beat that red team, man. They're just they just have a I have a different dude and their ability to fast break you, their ability to to take a double digit deficit in a game and in like 15 minutes of game time, turn it into a 21 point lead is unmatched, man. They did it at Miami this year. They did it in the playoffs last year over and over and over. And that's the thing that that's where it just mentally messes with you. I, I would have to think that no matter what you do up nine, nothing, you've done everything right. If you're Buffalo and you're like, yeah, but you know, one play and it's a two point lead. And then you're like, okay, and oh, we're <laughs> down 14, nine. Oh, oh, we're down 21, nine. Pick a field goal. Oh, we drive, but we get close. It's, why am I talking like Romo right now? But you drive and you get close, you kick a field goal, you kick a field goal. And, you know, like as everybody said, you're not going to beat them kicking field goals. 
All right, so that's last week. We got nothing this week. Got nothing but time to chew on numbers and props and angles and ways to look <laughs> at the game. Steve, what do you got for me? Um, just looking at the props, um, William Caesar Hill. Why do I always call it that? William Caesar's, Hill, Caesar's, Caesar's William Hill. William Hill have just released the first edition of their player props and uh, kind of eye-opening. Uh, what do you think Kelsey Yards is? Um. Uh, uh, I'll give you a hint. It's the highest in the game. 105. Not bad. 97 and a half. All right. Tyreek Hill. What do you go for? 700 yards in the first game? 700 in the first quarter. Uh, unofficial, <laughs> unofficial, unofficially. His uh, over-unders. So go, ahead. go ahead. 80? 88 and a half. Okay. Mahomes passing yards? 320. Not bad. 330 and a half. You're pretty good at this. <laughs> I'm not I'm not okay, here's with, a question. The, with the smell of a casino. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any would you take a shot in anyone else besides either quarterback at MVP? Yeah. I'd take it. I'd take it. I, I mean, and again, this is the sucker play because I'm reacting to what most recently happened, but I, I don't see how you don't just take a take a small nibble of either Hill or Kelsey. I mean, the problem is, is, is if is if like Kelsey has the game he had last week and Mahomes had the game he had last week, who'd be the MVP, Mahomes or Kelsey? You know what Kelsey. I mean? You think? I do. I, that, the problem is it's, just, it's such a quarterback award. It's kind of yeah, like the high, quarterback. It's, kind of like, it's, it's like the Heisman is typically a a, a quarterback trophy. You know, this Mahomes year. is minus one twenty to win MVP. Right. So there's no <laughs> the, like you know the old the, the the buzzword of the moment with gambling value. Well, there's no value in taking that. But I mean, why not take why not take a, a swing at Kelsey or Hill? Yeah, just looking at these, I, I look at Tampa. What's the get back? On, what's the get back on Hill? What do you get? For 100, what do you get? Plus one. Uh, Tyreek Hill's plus 1300. What are you kidding? Like, you don't just, you just, you know, just, you just put, put a black chip on that and try to win 1300. Let's go. Remember when you gave that guy a black chip at the casino in Vegas? I did. The, <laughs> let me give folks the, the Cliffs notes on that. Uh, so it's a lo- it's a, tour, a story from many, many, many years ago in the Hard Rock when the Hard Rock was. And when the Hard Rock was what it was, there was nothing close. Nothing true better. Or true or false? True. That place was madness. Oh, purple table fell on the oh, tables. People were out of their minds. Okay, so I'm having the weekend of my life. I am not going to lose a bet. I have been killing everything on the table. And I'm watching uh, the Bills play the Vikings. It's a game that ends up going to overtime. Who is that kicker from Cal? God, he kicked. He made a 50-something yard field goal for Minnesota. Brian Longwell? No, somebody Brian. Isn't that his name? Something Brian. Um, Travis, look this up while I'm telling this story. It's like it's 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 the Vikings, it's the Vikings and the Bills, and like Peerless Price scores a touchdown in overtime. Flutie Flakes quarterbacking, and I win. Okay, I win everything. I got everything parlayed, tied in, and I win. I can't. I win it all. Teaser. Yeah, I think we were just. I think we, we were. We weren't. We weren't going strictly sucker type bets. We were going. Let's push the table max because we're up. So we're we're watching in the sports book, and the sports book there actually wasn't very good because it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't tiny. set. It wasn't set up to be a sports book. Nope. We were watching the game, and a dude full on Zubas, Viking Zubas, hammered like mullet, bad goatee, the whole bit, like the cliche of the guy that you just don't want to be next to. When he's rooting against you, 
And he's pulling for the Vikings. I've got the Bills. And, and the Bills were like, I want to say they were plus four, whatever it was. Like, the threat of overtime was the only thing that could hurt me. Mm-hmm. And we go to overtime. And this guy's loud clapping and screaming, and he sucks, and everybody hates him. And finally, I'm just like, hey, man. The whole game. Well, I mean, for we weren't watching an entire game. We were, but we were watching long enough that – and you know me, Steve. My yeah. tolerance for people like this in situations like this, one to ten. Not Zero. great. Zero, yeah. right? Yeah, not great. Thanks. I, I go to the guy, and I finally – I'm like, hey, man, how, how much do you have on this game? <laughs> He's like, 50 bucks. What's it to you? And I take a black chip, which at the Hard Rock was 100 bucks, and I – put it in front of him. And I said, you just won your bet. Now shut the f- up. And everyone in our proximity just starts cheering. Now, in retrospect, that's not the nicest way to handle it. But it felt good at the moment. And if you're that guy, uh, you have you have to just throw the chip at me and, and, and punch me. You can't just take that. He took the chip and walked. <laughs> As it turned out, he didn't win the bet. I did because Buffalo covered in overtime, and um, that was one of the greatest gambling weekends uh, ever of my, of my entire life. Um, and that's not even a garbage bag one, right? That's a different. That was a different trip. That's the greatest Vegas comeback in history, where we were ever. Bro- where we were broke and had to spend an entire week there. We'll tell that some other time. But that um, was that was the you won your bet. <laughs> Shut the f- up. Sorry. Uh, I'm just looking at the Buccaneers side of things here with the props. I look at Godwin. To me, he's Brady's guy. Um, He's over five and a half catches. He had like nine targets, I want to say, the last two weeks. Um, They line him up more than Evans. Evans seems to be outside. You know what we like, what he likes to use him in the red zone. I would take a shot with Godwin over five and a half catches here. I think that's that's definitely worthy. Okay. and uh, and I'm just trying to make Mike Evans is four and a half catches. So I like I think I think Tampa's got to throw uh, to win. So I, I would take those both those overs right there. I like it. Uh, I don't uh, have a number yet. My man, Bray, that's some bullshit. Well, get on it. Time. That was your best bet. That was your over best bet that you over two and a half catches. He had that and a tutter. No big deal. No By big the way, it was Doug Bryan was the kicker. I'm looking Doug at Bryan. The Bills beat the Vikings 45-39 in overtime. Travis's um, internet must be down. That's fine. I literally I, just got it as he said it. Yeah, listen, sure. I'll, 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 sure. Host and, I'll host and do research. You just sit there and <laughs> do whatever you do on your couch. No one cares. Drew, Drew Bledsoe threw for 463 yards and three touchdowns. I would not have been able to remember that Drew Bledsoe was a wow. quarterback, but I knew it was Peerless Price, and I knew Doug Bryan. And what's nuts is Doug Bryan like, missed a bunch of extra points in the game, which allowed that 50-something-yard field goal. How long was the field goal he made at the end? 50? Oh, I got it wrong. Doug, it was, it was Buffalo's kicker made a field goal at the end to force overtime. Mike Hollis from 54 yards. But the reason that the field goal mattered at all is because Doug Bryan had missed a bunch of extra points earlier in the game. Whatever. I gave a guy a black chip. I wasn't very nice about it. I won. Hooray. Steve's. So did he. He won too. You're exactly right. But that was, that was 20 years ago. Steve's giving you current props to bet on this, uh, this Super Bowl. We're trying. Um, I also did a little homework assignment. Um, you did notes last week. You know, it's, yeah. it's, there's been some voices uh, as we switch over to college hoops here. Um, some voices. 
some voices about, you know, the Big Ten, Big 12. Chatter. Big 10, who's better. And so I went through and I did the old SVP and Rosillo, what conference is better challenge style where we, you know, set it up in a head-to-head matchup. Uh, I have bad news, though, um, because the way I do this is when I go conference head-to-heads, I take out, like, you know, obviously the Big Ten has 14 teams and the Big 12 has 10, which is just awesome. Uh, Maryland didn't make the cut. Uh, We took out the bottom four right now, the current standings in the Big Ten. So Maryland, Northwestern, Penn State, and Nebraska did not make it. Um, And that's where I'll start this. Okay, is, so then I I immediately have no interest in the rest of this of this little skit of yours. Yeah, but I, you're Big I, Ten, Scotty. But if Maryland's not interested, I'm really kind of not. Okay, but, all right, but so so what do we got? What, so I you, took the highest ranked teams mm-hmm. from each conference in a head to head just to see what it would look like if the games were played. Hold on a second. The Big Ten has 14 teams. The Big 12 has 10. Yep. Just think about how idiotic that is. Exactly. That's As what I was trying to point, say. Big 10, 14, Big 12, 10. We're, we're poor at math. But the, the matchups that Stanford Steve has whipped together here, what do we got? Baylor versus Michigan. God, that would be a great game. I think Michigan is awesome. But I think Baylor has more adults. They got men. And I think they would D them up. I think Baylor would, be, I think Baylor would win the game. I don't, know, I don't know. There might be one team that can beat Baylor. I wish I had a Michigan future at the, from the beginning. Of so the do I, man. It, w- it would have been long. Woo. Um, Texas versus Iowa. Iowa guards no one, but I think offensively they're too much. I think they'd beat Texas. Oklahoma versus Wisconsin. Oklahoma just went into Texas and got a win. Um, Kruger's team's better than I thought they'd be. Uh, so is he. Wisconsin is just like just you know it's just like getting just pounded on just body shots body shots but i don't know you you picked this one i picked the first two i think oklahoma's legit i i was so wisconsin I. too too many bad losses to me um and you're no, saying losing at home to the dirty turps is a bad loss uh yeah, were, yeah i do were, they were when you're a top 10 team yeah yeah and you're in like a 10 point favorite this All one's right. the easiest to me west virginia over illinois Illinois got Illinois got intriguing talent, but they they speaking a bunch of bad losses. Like they just you know, they 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 have a gear that that when they play to it, they they'd run West Virginia. But yeah, I mean, I think it'd be hard to take them right now against West Virginia. This one is easy to me. The Big Ten, Kansas versus Ohio State. You like Ohio State? I really do. I think they're the most underrated team in the conference. I agree with that. Holtman's Holtman's bunch is. Um, He's I, I'm a big fan of him as a coach, uh, mm. and I, I didn't. Hey, Rockhold, you asleep on your couch? We're talking about Ohio State. <laughs> I didn't they want to lost a brutal game Steve. to Purdue last week. Oh Jesus, that was awful. Purdue made every single play down the stretch. It was amazing. Yeah, um, but I, 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 I'm uh, I, I like I like Ohio State in that game. Yeah, me too. And then Texas Tech, Minnesota, I think Texas Tech. Texas Tech, yeah. Minnesota cannot shoot the basketball. They've got some huge wins where they have shot it, but they have too many games like their most recent game, which was a home loss to Maryland where they and, – and the Turks played phenomenal defense in it. They the re, Part of the reason why Minnesota didn't shoot it well was Maryland, but they also have too many games where they can't shoot. I think Texas Tech's better. Does this, are we going – are we leaning towards the Big 12's better? Well, this is that, – that, that was it because you had more um, – 
but you had more teams in from the Big Ten that could win some of those matchups because the rest of the way, the no matter how you look at this, with the bottom four, and you could take the bottom eight from the Big Ten and put them all in there, the Big Ten has the matchup uh, advantage in every single one of these, whether it's Oklahoma State, TCU, Kansas State, and Iowa State. I mean, yeah, the, I, the, I mean the, the bottom of their league is is struggling. I the have Oklahoma State. Is I just looked at the, the conference standing. Oklahoma State versus Purdue. That's not even close. Nah, TCU, I disagree. Like, is, like Oklahoma is Cade Cunningham playing? Like Oklahoma State is. They've got some wins now. Mm, I don't know. I think. Purdue and look, I'm as good. big in, in the tank for Painter as anybody in in America. I'm as I love that guy's. Everything he does at Purdue, I love, but I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't make it as blanket a statement as that. But whoever's playing TCU, Iowa State, and Kansas State from the Big Ten is winning. Yeah, I mean, look at if you look at the Big Ten standings right now, Rutgers is in ninth, Michigan State's tenth, Maryland's eleventh. We and didn't even those, make the cut. We didn't even make the cut for your little skit. I know you guys would take care of Iowa State and Kansas State though. If you were. Thank you. Thanks for that vote of confidence. Um, hey, red hot. But here's the the, the, the larger point here is that I agree that, that, that there's, a, there's a conversation to be had because the top of the Big 12 is really good. And mm. the middle, the middle is really good. So I just, I, my, I think the issue with the Big 10 is that it's really, like Nebraska has struggled and they've been hit by COVID, so they haven't played in quite a while. But you look at like, even like Northwestern has hit a rough patch, but they had some wins early. Oh, yeah. Maryland's didn't make the cut here. They've got three road wins against ranked teams this season. Um Penn State has has won the last couple they played. They've been tough in a bunch of games. Took Michigan to the wire at their place. The issue is the back end of the Big Ten. It's just hard to find a game where you go, oh, we're like, oh, this is a win. I was texting with a couple of coaches from the league, uh, and that was the the overarching point. That there's normally some teams you just figure you're going to beat, like the the ones in the Big Twelve who are struggling this year. You go, okay, do you ever take something for granted? No, but you you probably ought to win. Well, this year in the Big Ten, have fun finding that. Wow, speaking of a payday in a Big Ten, Pat Fitzgerald just got a 10-year deal. At Northwestern? Yeah. To stay? Yep. Okay. How much? Uh, let's see if he's making did, as much as you did, are. Did, <laughs> did, you, did, you think, did you think he was uh, – uh, there were a bunch of guys that were on the, college, on the college scene that were talked about as potential NFL coaches this year. You think his, do you think his approach – is a professional approach. Let me well, well, let me frame that. I mean a, a, a an approach that would work at the professional level. I, I'm not so, I'm, I'm not implying that he's not professional. Um, I mean football wise, no doubt. Uh, he's smart enough to to realize what to do. Um, I think some of the quirky stuff, wearing shorts and you, God, know, you hate him wearing, you know, shorts. calling out ESPN guys. Obviously, that would that would go away being a professional and, and being dealing with pros. But uh-huh. I mean, football wise, you can't argue with what he's done. You talk about a guy who's adapted to what he has and what he can recruit. Yeah, um, does does more does more with, uh, with less. Does it's incredible. Less. But I would that's, that's I would look at I would look league. at more guys ahead of him. You know, that are older. Um, as far as you know, just for example, uh, Brian Kelly. You know, I, I think Brian Kelly would translate to the NFL. Um, more than a Pat Fitzgerald. I'm not saying Kelly wouldn't, but I'd think more along the lines of the younger offensive-minded people, the Lincoln Rileys of the world, the the, the Jason Days of the world, Jason Day. Uh, Ryan Day. Ryan Day. Jason Day is a golfer uh, who lives in Columbus. Um, but, but Does he? Ryan, yeah, or Cleveland. Oh. 
Columbus. Not related, it's, though. No, it's Columbus. It is Columbus. I had it right. Yeah, you really. I, had it, I had the name wrong and the city wrong. I just I I screwed the whole thing up. Anyway, Jason Day plays golf and is in Columbus. There you go. Because his wife's from there. I think he met her at the memorial. Correct. At, I think Jim memorial. Furyk introduced them. There you go. He, who he met his wife at the memorial. It's just some inside. Is that golf. where do they have the good milkshakes? Really good milkshakes at Muirfield. Right. That's where I met Vrabel years ago, who was wearing the Muirfield blazer on the range because he was a member and he was just petrified to do anything wrong. It was the most hysterical thing in the world. He's standing. I don't there. buy that. I'm telling you, he's standing there sweating like an animal with a dip in on the range, and he's afraid to do anything wrong. And I'm like, bro, you're you're Mike Vrabel, like a world champion from the Patriots. They're happy to talk to you. He's like, ah, I don't, I don't want to. Like, relax, buddy. You're fine. He's, that was gonna be that was gonna be my follow up. Was did he have a dip in? A thousand percent, he had it. It was a, the sun was out. He was standing up. It was a. He said he, the only reason he started dipping is because he vet, met Van Pelt at the Mirfield and Mirf, Van Pelt I was dipping. I, I'm not a dipper. Not a, a not a dipper. Not a dipper. Um, all right. Before we go, I, I this we have to talk about a story that we're totally ill-equipped to talk about, but it is the it's the most interesting thing that's going on in the world today. I even know about it. Hey, hold on. <laughs> let's let's handle the topic this way. Here's Stanford Steve trying to explain to you what's going on with GameStop. Go. There's people <laughs> in a Reddit room that are outsmarting and giving the business to hedge fund guys. That's pretty much it. That is that's pretty much an accurate statement. GameStop, which, as we know, is in, in a way it, it feels a bit like sort of a blockbuster video, sort of a, 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 a not an outdated idea, but you, you can think GameStop was always right next to the blockbuster. Right. Yep. And then the, the technology evolved to the point that blockbuster goes away. But GameStop, very popular rent games, things of that nature. And there was a hedge fund guy that had shorted the hell out of uh, GameStop, meaning Steve, explain short selling. I'll let you handle this one. <laughs> uh, okay. Stocks at 10, you buy it at 10, but you short it. So if it goes to one, you make the money off of the difference. Um, and they're, they're betting on it going to zero. But what happened with this Reddit room? It, and, and see, this is the, what happened because it was GameStop. I think people made this assumption that it was, that it was a bunch of younger kids for, that play video games. The cliche about, oh, in your mom's basement which, by the way, is the way people used to talk in our business about the blogosphere. And then they, they in many ways, uh, have reshaped this business of, what, uh, of how media goes. I mean, they've become, they've become giants and stars in their own right. And they used to, you know, years ago, people would sort of pat them on the head and talk about your mom's basement. So the idea that this Reddit room was mom's basement, well, there's a bunch of billionaires or at least multimillionaires now because they figured out this short squeeze where if they drove up the price of this, they were going to crush these hedge fund guys. Now, the part that I don't get is why did they why did they hate these hedge fund guys? Was it a specific because I read a long story and I don't want to bore people with the details, but it's like the guy that ran this hedge fund that was very successful wasn't like a big sort of target. Like he wasn't out there running his mouth and, and trying to drag people or be, you know, uh, just gaudy and gross about it. No, he just kind of just produced, produced, produced. But they decided, no, no, hey, buddy, we're going to stick it to you. And every 12 bucks the stock goes up, you're losing a billion dollars. This stock was like 10, 15, 20 bucks a couple weeks ago. Today, as we speak, 
GameStop is up 170 bucks. It was as high today as $380 a share. It was 20 bucks two weeks ago. So these Reddit guys, Steve, and here's really where the, like, let's, we'll stop talking about it because my grasp of understanding is pretty much what I've told you. Steve's grasp of understanding is what he's told you. I just want to say this to the Reddit guys. How about a shout to your boys, to, the, to Steve and me? Like, how do we not get the heads up on this? We could be laughing, Steve. We, oh, we pull well, our money together. We're just, what was the guy he threw 53000 in? I saw some tweets about, yeah, somebody put 53000 in. He was up to like $23 million. <laughs> and I don't, get, I don't know if the math on that checks out but because there's like option plays. It, get kind of, it gets complicated. But then, let's just keep it really simple. Let's say two weeks ago you had you had a thousand dollars. Excuse me, you had twenty thousand dollars, and you were able to buy a thousand shares. Well, today you have three hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Well, add a zero if you're able to buy two hundred thousand dollars worth of it. It's it, but the thing that's the most interesting is that the the old money guys, the guys that the hedge fund guys, the TV types, like from CNBC. I saw some CNBC guy today was like all irate that the little guy won. Well, all of the rest of these people, there's a fund. It's called Robin Hood Fund. Like the, the little guy's winning. And like, why, why can't the little guy win? Why has it got to be the hedge fund guys that win? Did you get in on any? No. Robin Hood trading is what it is. I, I called it like Robin Hood trading. Commission you know what Robin Hood used to do? Rob from the rich and give to the Pope. Apparently, AMC and uh, BlackBerry are now also watching their stock go up. <laughs> yes, they are. Those are among among the others. AMC. AMC, that, like the movie theater? Yeah. A, yeah Come AMC, on. A, AMC today opened at uh, – AMC today opened – well, actually, it opened at 20. It, it closed at 5 bucks yesterday. It hit 20 today. So you just you know quadruple your dough in a day. BlackBerry, which we all had Blackberries, but then that kind of – that technology – uh, sort of got lapped. Black, ooh, Blackberry's up seven bucks today. You know, we did have a good friend. Did you ever our, have a Blackberry? Of course I did. Who did? Nah, I never did. Really? You did. Yeah. In our text chain yesterday, Steve, one of our friends said, yeah, Blackberry tomorrow. It's up seven bucks today. Apparently, so, Steve Cohen, the Mets new owner, is involved in this, and Mets fans are worried that somehow he's going to not spend as much money on the team going forward. Well, because, and again, this is where I get out of my depth, but because he, I guess, uh, has some yep. exposure here to one of these hedge funds and, and gave some money to them to keep them afloat, and all that money got eaten up yesterday by what happened. So Mets fans that are maybe also Redditors are like, oh, this is cool. I just made $5 million. Oh, shit. Now our owner that we all love uh, doesn't have any money because we just in one day buying GameStop bankrupted him. I probably got a lot of this wrong. I, I just it's the story that's captivating everybody because at its core, whether the specifics of the story we got right or wrong, at its core, it's about billion dollar hedge fund guys who who are able to game the game and and do that get absolutely bludgeoned by a subreddit chain that's now Robin Hood. They're, they're just taking – it's Scrooge McDuck. They're taking out cartoon bags full of gold, and good for them. Good for them. I'm just mad. Like, I'm mad I didn't buy BlackBerry I'm on a recommendation today. I'm really upset about the GameStop train I missed. We're all in the same boat. A thousand years ago, there was a Ponzi scheme that came through 
the dorms at Maryland, Steve. It was called the plane game. Oh. And it was your classic pyramid. You're a pilot at the top. There's two co-pilots. Then there's four, something else, and then eight at the bottom. You come in with the eight. You give your 125. That goes to the people above you. The, the pilot cashes out. You move up. You move up. You move up. And one weekend at Maryland, this thing overtook the campus, the plane game. And the Monday morning of the student newspaper called the Diamondback, it just said, hundreds duped in plane scam. And there's this picture of, a, of this pyramid <laughs> on, on the front of the, of the newspaper. And all of my friends were in on it. And I think I made it up to like pilot, but I didn't cash out because we didn't have eight more idiots to join the plane game. <laughs> so there's a lot of people out there that are going to end up buying the GameStop here that you're not going to make it to pilot, so to speak. You know what I mean? Um, but man, there's a whole bunch of people that cashed out and made a bunch of dough and good for them. Okay. Good talk. <laughs> GameStop. If there's any, if there's, if there's ever, uh, ever anything else, you know, um, let us know. Yeah. AMC. I think it looks like we missed AMC. Looks I like mean, we... nobody could even get Steve a copy of NCAA 14, right? So Oh no, I got copies. Someone did send you a copy. I was gonna say oh, yeah. that's surprising that you didn't I'll get I'll tell you what, they were great. I ordered I needed a new controller. I got it in like a couple days. GameStop? Right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, good job by go. their customer that's good, service. That's a good company. Was, yeah. It was a twenty dollar company last week and now it's now it's three hundred and seventy bucks. They're like worth what are they? What's their market cap? Like mark like Microsoft? Steve, what's market cap mean? Pass. Can I use a lifeline? Says market on it. Can I use a lifeline? Steve on the spot. This has been SV Pod. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>